Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Lightning fans, you found the right show for everything you need to know about your favorite team in the NHL. It's the Lightning Insider Podcast with Eric Erlinson. Get ready for insight, historical perspective, interviews, and breaking news that comes from a reporter insider who's got near 20 years on the Tampa Bay Lightning beat. Now for the latest with the Lightning, here's Eric. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another recap edition of the LightningInsider.com podcast. I'm Eric Erlinson. From lightninginsider.com, coming to you after Thursday's 4-2 victory against the Chicago Blackhawks. Goals from Alex Kalorn, Yanni Gord, Ross Colton, and an empty netter from Victor Hedman. And Andre Vasilevsky wins again. It's his 10th consecutive victory on the season. It ties his own personal record, which he has done two times before, and both those times, of course, were last season as the Lightning got hot in the second half of the year uh, before the pandemic hit and then, of course, leading into the postseason. Um, Not the cleanest game for Tampa Bay. We have certainly seen them play better. A couple of foolish penalties actually gave Chicago both of their goals. The first one came in the opening minute and Barclay Goodrow getting an unsportsmanlike conduct call for trying to go after Connor Murphy. And, of course, if you remember, Connor Murphy was the one who delivered the hit to Eric Chernak in the last meeting between these two teams in Chicago, that three-game set they had at United Center. And that was the hit that Connor Murphy was given a five-minute major for and a game misconduct. Did not receive any further supplemental discipline on the play, but apparently... You know how things go in the NHL, that it still didn't sit well with the players, so not off the opening draw, although you could see some jostling back and forth before the opening faceoff, although that was not between Goodrow and Connor Murphy, but it was in the opening minute that Goodrow tried to engage Murphy into a fight. And he was kind of going at him back and forth. And then he grabbed him by the collar. And Connor Murphy was not going to engage with him. And Goodrow actually ends up getting the only call on the play for unsportsmanlike conduct. Uh, And it led to the opening goal for Chicago. And the debate, of course, is does Connor Murphy have to stand up for the hit? And I, I, I don't know about that. Uh, you know, the, the code, the NHL code will tell you that he absolutely has to. Uh, but there are other aspects that tell me. And, you know, Connor Murphy was asked about it after the game on the Chicago media call about it. And basically said, yeah, he did try and engage me in a fight. Uh, I felt that at that time, this is such an important game for us. I did not want to have to sit out five minutes and hurt my team because, you know, he is a defenseman and then you leave your team shorthanded uh, on the blue line for at least five minutes in the game. Remember, those guys 
after a fight or you know after you get matching penalties like that you can't come out of the box until there's a stoppage of play so it's at least five minutes he would have to be on the sidelines so that was his explanation for not engaging with Goodrow at that point we'll see if anything comes out of this for Saturday when the two teams meet again at Amelie Arena that's a 4 p.m. start so does Goodrow to me I think it's a bad bad, bad penalty for Goodrow to, to take you, you engage in the player and you try and see if he's willing to drop the gloves with you if he doesn't oblige you have to skate away I think I think Goodrow would have been okay until he grabbed Murphy by the front of his collar. I think that's when he took it just a little too far. You know, and you can debate whether Murphy has to answer for it or not, and, and that's a debate that you can have. But if you're Barclay Goodrow, knowing how good the Chicago power play is in particular, I, I think you have to understand there's a point where you back away from it and, and you pick your fight not even a pun there, another day. So it leads to Chicago's first goal. Tampa Bay's able to tie it. A couple of soft ones that Kevin Lankinen gives up. A wraparound goal by Alex Kalorn that Lankin is not able to get over and cover the post in time. So it actually the puck actually bounced off his skate and in the net. And then the second goal was kind of a broken play. Yanni Gord was actually trying to make a pass. It deflects off a skate of a Chicago defender and comes back to Goodrow, who's able to sneak a backhand shot through the pads of Lankin and it just trickled past the goal line that put Tampa Bay up 2-1. That was a power play goal at the time. And then on the next shift, Pat Maroon delivers a big hit on Alex Dabrinkit. And if Alex Dabrinkit had the puck, it's a pretty good hit. Dabrinkit no longer had the puck. It's too late. It's interference. So again, time, situation, understanding certain things. And of course, Chicago ends up scoring the tying goal on that power play. So Chicago had two power play opportunities in the first period. They scored on them both. And, you know, this was a power play that has been dangerous all year. When these two teams met in Chicago at the beginning of the month, I think Chicago was around 33% on their power play. Uh, going two for two, or they actually had a couple more. I think they finished the game two for four. You know, but that's that's how dangerous of a power play that Chicago can have. So Tampa Bay has had some issues with their discipline, and it came up to bite them again tonight. Uh, you know, they, they have to be better at staying out of the box. A penalty kill has been a bright spot for Tampa Bay this year for sure, but you don't want to keep pressing your luck, especially against talented power plays like the Chicago Blackhawks have. In the second period, the lighting got a little too pass-happy. We saw them pass out of shooting opportunities time and time again. We saw them start to turn the puck over, and one of them in particular by Blake Coleman in the corner in the defensive zone. Again, trying to put the puck back into the middle of the ice in bad areas, and Andre Vasilevsky bailed him out. Kept it a 2-2 game with a really good pad save. Uh, I think it was on, I don't know if it was on Kurashev or on Kubalik. Either way, it's a great pad save by Vasilevsky. Keeps it a a 2-2 game at that point. So you saw a Lightning team kind of get out of who they are. 
They want to be a team that takes risk out of their game and plays it smart. I mean, we talked so much about that last season, about how they're limiting their turnovers, how they are taking care of the puck. Their puck management was so much better when they started winning games in the second half of last season. And then, of course, into the playoffs, they were terrific at it for the most part. Uh, So those elements have crept back into their game at certain points this year. We saw it again tonight. Fortunately, Andre Vasilevsky was there to bail them out. Another bugaboo that this team has is the passing out of shooting opportunities. They did it a number of times tonight. Put the puck on net, especially when you look at the first two goals that Kevin Lankinen allowed. Your mentality has to be don't pass up a shooting opportunity anywhere. Put pucks on net. Test him. Let's see how mentally tough he is if he's able to put those a couple of bad goals behind him. And I don't think they did that enough in the second period in particular, passing out of too many plays. And then in the the late in the third period, sorry, late in the second period, you had a the best shift of the game from the line with Pat Maroon, Matthew Joseph, and Ross Colton, where they were cycling the puck down low. They were recovering pucks. They were getting pucks uh, back high to get them back down low and creating opportunities. They must have created three scoring chances alone on this shift. And you want to talk about a momentum type of building shift that they put together. Uh, it's, it's one of those ones that teams kind of feed off of. And the line in particular fed off of it because it's actually that line that ends up scoring the game-winning goal. Again, from good defensive positioning inside their own end, where Pat Maroon is able to get the puck up to Matthew Joseph. And I want you to go, if you can, if you have access to it, to look at the replay of this goal because it's a great finish by Ross Colton, but the pass by Matthew Joseph from the red line along the sideboards, he waits for the perfect opportunity. You can see him reading the play, reading Ross Colton's speed. And look, those two play together you know, in uh, Syracuse for good portions of last year when Joseph was was in Syracuse. So they understand each other. Certainly Joseph uh, knows how fast Colton is. And he just put a perfect pass right onto the blade of his stick to allow Colton to split the two defensemen and go in for what, what technically is a breakaway. He did have a defenseman sort of right on his tail. Uh, But he's able to go in on the breakaway and tuck the puck between the pad and the post of Kevin Lankinen that gives Tampa Bay the lead five minutes into the third period. And here's where you have to appreciate a lot of the strides that this Lightning team has made in the last little while, uh, especially over the last year and a half, going back to about December of 2019 when they started to kind of turn their season around last year, is the way that they can defend and that's what they did in the third period. They got the lead, and they defended. And, yeah, somebody somewhere right now is going, hey, Eric, uh, they just blew a two-goal lead against Dallas on Tuesday night. Yeah, different circumstance. It was a bad read by Eric Chernak that led to the first Dallas goal, and the second one was a ping-pong. It went off of three players before it ended up in the back of the net. Sometimes that happens. But in terms of how they defend, the third period was almost a clinic and Chicago is a team that can really create off the rush 
how they can use their speed. And then you've got skill guys led, of course, by Patrick Kane with Alex Dabrinkit, with Dominic Kubalik, who was a Rookie of the Year finalist last year. Now you throw in guys like Pew Suter and Philip Kurashev. These are two players that have really kind of stepped to the forefront this year. They, Chicago just seems to find these type of rookies that can come in and make an impact. I mean, think back to Artemi Panarin when they brought him over as a free agent signee. So you add those elements. Chicago is as good of a team off the rush as there is in the NHL. They didn't get those opportunities in the third period like they did in the first two because Tampa Bay defended so much better. They had an opportunity to close that game out, and they did it. There were, I want to say off the top of my head, if I remember looking at the stats, I think Chicago might have had 10 shot attempts in the third period. Not shots on goal shot attempts in the third period. So you want to talk about finding a way to lock it down. If you hold the Chicago team like that to just 10 shot attempts in the third period, you're defending the game properly. And then when Chicago did have the chances, you've got 88 behind you to make the stops and to preserve the lead and to send the game to another victory. Victor Hedman sealed it with about a 150-foot empty net goal. Uh, he actually blocked a shot and just sent the puck down the ice uh, and it just happened to go into the net. Um, so it ends up giving Tampa Bay the win. It pulls them two points further away from the Florida Panthers, who did lose to the Nashville Predators. Carolina as well lost in overtime to Columbus. And speaking of that, don't look now especially if you're driving and listening to this, don't look. But Chicago just lost their third consecutive game. They are 1-5 in their last six. Meanwhile, the Columbus Blue Jackets have quietly kind of risen up a little bit and taken advantage of Chicago losing these games. And Columbus now just sits two points behind Chicago for the fourth place in the Central Division standings. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means that the possibility of a Tampa Bay-Columbus first round for a third consecutive year just become a lot more plausible than maybe it did two weeks ago. Don't be left out. Make sure you subscribe to the Lightning Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else where podcasts are found. Now, here again is Eric. Columbus has had their issues this year from the Pierre-Luc Dubois situation at the beginning of the year. We saw that first and foremost because of his benching in the first game between Tampa Bay and Columbus. And then the acquisition of Patrick Laine. And Laine has provided the offense. He's popped in some goals for them. But he has also had a couple of situations where he's been staple to the bench for stretches of time we'll see how that all plays out uh, but here here are the hard-working blue-collar blue jackets just continuing to go to work and they find a way to win a game tonight against Carolina and pull themselves within two points of the Chicago Blackhawks which is just something to keep an eye on I mean tonight was just at least for Tampa Bay it was game one of the second half of the season 
Tonight was game number 29 for them. So you're just beginning that second half stretch, if you will, in terms of uh, play in the second half, 56-game schedule. Uh, This is a rough week. We talked about this for Tampa Bay. Five games in seven days. Tonight was game three, or Thursday was game three of that five and seven. They've got a two-and-one record right now with the overtime shootout win in Dallas and the victory here. They've got Chicago again on Saturday. Again, that's a 4 p.m. game. You've got the Florida Panthers coming to town on Sunday, which is also a 4 p.m. start. So you've got a couple of 4 p.m. starts for Tampa Bay coming up here um, as they, they kick off the second half of their schedule. A lot of home games coming up because even after Sunday, the Lightning go back on the road for three. They got two at Dallas and one at Carolina uh, before they see the Columbus, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets again the following week at Amelie Arena. Columbus hasn't even been to Tampa yet, if, if you can believe that. You know, tonight was game number six between Chicago and Tampa Bay. Game seven will be on Saturday, and yet they've only faced Columbus twice. So it'll be interesting to see what happens if Columbus is sniffing around that number four playoff spot in the Central Division, how they handle facing Tampa Bay. Because I'm sure, I can tell you, I'm sure that Tampa Bay would much rather avoid another first-round matchup with Columbus. Even as they won last year in five games, that was a hard-fought five-game series, of course, highlighted by the five-overtime epic game in Game 1 that was won by Braden Point. But that was not your typical five-game series. That was a a hard-fought on both ends. A couple of games went to overtime. So if if I'm the Lightning, I'm probably not looking forward to the possibility of having to face Columbus again. Not that you fear them. You respect them. And I think there's a lot of respect that the Lightning have for Columbus. I think they throw a lot of respect at the Blue Jackets for how hard they work. Because they will make you work. Again, so there's not a fear factor involved. It's not going to conjure up memories of 2019 you're probably not going to hear much about it on the broadcast if it comes to fruition like you did last year but there's respect there and you have to respect the way Columbus can play so interesting how that is all going to unfold because you've still got six meetings between um, Tampa Bay and Columbus of course you still have a number of meetings with the Lightning and the Panthers, as this will just be game four coming up. So uh, very interesting second half of the schedule coming up for Tampa Bay. But again, coming off of Thursday's win, Andre Vasilevsky, 10th consecutive victory. Uh, he will get one of the two starts this weekend. I wouldn't be surprised if his start comes on Sunday, that McElhaney, good chance he might get Saturday's game and then Vasilevsky on Sunday's game. Uh, we've seen it twice this year where, where Curtis McElhaney has gotten the front half of games. Uh, let's face it, though, the Florida game is the more important one, quote-unquote, if you want to kind of rank the importance of games coming up this weekend. Uh, that would tell me, that's an indication to me, that is a good chance we see McElhaney on Saturday and Vasilevsky on Sunday. Uh, Vasilevsky will be going for his 11th consecutive victory no matter which one of those two games he ends up playing. Um, 
which would tie a franchise record, um, which is owned by Louis Domingue, who, of course, set the record in 2018-19 when he filled in for Andre Vasilevsky when he suffered a fracture in his foot uh, in the early stages of that season. So look for that coming up this weekend to see which goalie is going to get which start over the weekend. Uh, and Tampa Bay will just try to continue to find ways to keep improving their game. They're not – they're far from a finished product. And one of the things that, that I'm that I'm looking forward to, and I've written about this on the website, lightninginsider.com. You can check it out. I uh, wrote earlier in the year how the fourth line was looking for some sort of an identity – after the trade of Cedric Paquette to the Ottawa Senators. Of course, Paquette's now with Carolina, but he was traded to Ottawa. And how that fourth line just it, it had a different feel to it. Last year it was the energy line. Like there was a lot of uh, synergy between Cedric Paquette and Pat Maroon. And you come to this year and you know Mitchell Stevens was a fourth line center. He is not Cedric Paquette. He plays a different style of game. You had Matthew Joseph or Alex Volkov playing the wing. You've had Jamel Smith fill in for a couple of games. You've had Alex Barry Boulay come up and play. But the last couple of games with Ross Colton in the middle, have, have they started to find the identity? So look for that as part of my five things to watch for or five storylines coming out of the game tonight, uh, which is in a lot more detail. Uh, than what we're discussing right here. Uh, so make sure you check that out, lightninginsider.com. Uh, don't forget our friends at Manscaped. If you use the promo code BOLTS at manscaped.com, you get 20% off your entire order plus free shipping. So again, manscaped.com, use the keyword BOLTS, you get 20% off plus free shipping off your entire order. So uh, check our friends out there. They help support this show. So uh, show them some support as well if you can. Uh, again, Tampa Bay back in action on Saturday. Look for the next podcast to be recorded probably Sunday after Sunday's game uh, for me and Greg Linella to get back together and uh, record something. So if you have a question that you would like to have asked or you'd like to ask and have answered here on the podcast, go to Twitter. Use the hashtag AskEE so we can find it, and then we will answer it uh, on the podcast and you can get your answer. So look f- look for that to be the next episode coming out of Sunday's game uh, at some point uh, to have ready for you on Monday morning, myself and Greg Linelli. Uh Thanks, everybody, for listening to this. Please make sure you subscribe to it. Hit share. Let your friends know what's out there. Let your lighting friends know what's out there. Uh, subscribe to it. Give the five-star review. They mean so much to us. Uh, They go a long way to help you make sure that this podcast stays in business and I stay in business. And uh, So all the support that you can offer uh, is greatly appreciated, uh, both on the website and here on the podcast. So until next time, see you. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.